Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Thanks, Janet. Thanks for the invitation just to be with you guys this morning. Um, this is kind of, I feel like I'm dreaming. Um, just amazing just to be with Steve and Janet. Steve and Janet have been, um, he, speaks, he speaks highly of me, but uh, Steve and Janet have been such a massive influence and um, oh, just played such a, a mentoring role. Steve has been like a, a father figure in my life over many, many years, and, um, and I've always loved Steve. There's something that I've caught from Steve. I caught like this kind of, he's, he's, Steve carries a really different spirit, um, and he's always a little left of center, and I love that, and, um, and I love being around people that are kind of not normal. Um, <laughs> And I mean that in the best possible way, Steve. No, but um, so, so I think maybe a little bit of, of our ministry and the, and the way we do things also just a little bit different. And um, I like that, uh, you know, something that I've always said is God is holy, but he's not religious. And I think, I think that's something that, we, that I've learned from Steve. Steve is, Steve is in tune. He walks in the spirit. He's a man of the spirit. He's led by the spirit. And yet he's just kind of not. He's not religious. He's not, he doesn't walk around like in this religious kind of attitude. Um, so for me, I've learned a lot, so much from Steve, learning how to just be kind of relatable, um, you know, be authentic, I think, uh, is what Steve has kind of taught me. So, yeah, thank you. It's, uh, let me just introduce my wife. This is, this is my beautiful wife, Gigi. Stand again. My wife's name is Gigi. <laughs> Actually... Her name is Giselle, but um, everybody just calls her Gigi, and uh, we've been married now. Steve did our wedding, and it, uh, we've been married for just over, or coming up for 29 years. Um, we got married at the age of 12, so it, it really helps to get married young. No. <laughs> we, listen, uh, we joke, but we weren't far from that. Um, so when we married, my wife was 19 at the time, and we got married, and uh, by the grace of God, really by the grace of God, we've been able to stay together. And um, I think we both, we, we both as people, we're very passionate people. So my wife is very passionate and I'm very passionate. And uh, kind of like petrol, our first few years of marriage were like petrol in a match, you know. Um, we loved passionately and we hated passionately and we fought passionately and we <laughs> did everything passionately and we nearly killed each other. And, um, and so we had to learn just to kind of extend grace to each other and, and be a little bit more free with each other and, and uh, love each other for who we are and accept each other for who we are. And, um, and God has really kept us to, together. And it's been a, um, I, I said to somebody yesterday, or actually two, two days ago, I said to somebody, uh, my wife really represents, she's really represents the grace of God. Um, if I'm ever looking for a visible, physical touchable manifestation of the grace of God, I just look at my wife because that's who she is to me. And, and then the other thing about my wife is that she, that she represents the, the mystery of God, that even after 20, we've been to, we've kind of known each other for 32 years, 33 years, I think. And, um, 
And after all of this time, Gigi to me is still mysterious and still captivating and still interesting. And I still can't wait to hear what she's going to say, um, even though I usually know what she's going to say. But <laughs> she's going to tell me I haven't done something or I forgot something. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I really just appreciate you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thanks, babe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just wanted to say, uh, the, this gentleman with a red shirt, yeah, so I just, you came, was it you that was sharing a prophetic word earlier? So just when you came up and you started sharing, I just felt the, the just so clearly that you have a, a shepherd's heart, that you have a heart of a pastor, that you really carry this heart of a pastor inside of you. I don't know what you do, but you really have this heart of a shepherd inside of you. And I just want to encourage you that God is preparing you, um, you know, for for something around the ministry, I, I, I really don't know if you're in the ministry or if you do are involved with ministry in any way, but I really just feel like you need to pursue that. You need to keep pressing into it. Let God continue just to prepare you for the work of the ministry that He has for you. Um, I see a calling on your life just in terms of the pastoral. And, uh, and I think that the, it's, it's an interesting combination that God has given you because He's kind of combined the pastoral and the prophetic with you. And that's a, it's a very powerful thing to have, that, to have those two gifts operating in tandem. So I just want to encourage you with that. I, should, I hope so. <laughs> um, and then I just felt just for the church as a whole, as we were worshiping this morning, I just felt the Lord just speaking to me about fruitfulness, just saying to you guys, guys, it's, there's coming a season for you guys as a church of greater fruitfulness that for many of you it's felt like there's just been preparation, 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 dig the soil, turn the soil, uh, you know, plant the seeds. And for you, they ha some of you, it hasn't felt like there's been massive fruitfulness. But I just feel for, for, for the season that lies ahead, there's coming a mass a massive increase of the fruitfulness that God is going to bring in and through this church. And yeah, amen. Amen. Um, and, I, and I don't feel like it's just for you. It's, there's a fruitfulness that God wants to bring in you, but there's a fruitfulness that God wants to bring through, uh, through this church as an ex, and an expression of the fruitfulness through this church. And I see you guys really reaching out into the communities. Where is Donna? Yeah, so just it, it blesses me that there's people like Donna and you're going out and you're feeding, the, feeding people. But I see uh, more than just feeding people. I see great fruitfulness, spiritual fruitfulness in the community that you're not going to just, it's not just going to be you exist in the community, but you're going to really impact the community. I see, uh, in, I mean, I see in pictures, sorry. So I just see furrows, like deep furrows running out of this church and water flowing out of the church in these deep furrows and starting to just bring fruitfulness wherever it goes. So let that be an encouragement for you guys as well. Um, so uh, th this is just me giving a little bit of a background to who I am and what we do. Um, I've, I, I was here in June, uh, just gave a little bit of an intro. So my name is Hilton and we run an organization called Kingdom Revealed. Kingdom Revealed is, a, is a, essentially a missions-based organization. Our heart is simply to go get people mobilized, um, get people out of church and into the world and go and let them be exposed through short-term missions work. We expose uh, everyday 
believers. We have no specific criteria. You just have to be born again. Other than that, we don't really care. You can come with us, warts and all. You can come with us. doesn't matter where, where you stand in, or where you think you stand in terms of your spiritual walk with God. Um, but our heart is just to mobilize people and get people more into um, seeing what God is doing. Uh, how many of you know this? But God is moving. God is moving around the world. He is moving in an amazing way. And God is not stagnant. He's never stagnant. He's not kept, held captive in his own heaven. And he's moving the whole time. And um, so we have this heart just to take people from... So we work across all denominations. We work across all church boundaries and barriers. And um, we've had outreaches that we take where we have 16 people come on an outreach and out of the 16 people, it's about 12 different churches represented. So we work with, and that's, and that's a challenge in itself. Try and, take, try and take people from your own church, just your own church, where you have more or less the same thinking. And then take 12 people that are from all different churches, from all different backgrounds, take them on an outreach and deal with that. Um, it's super interesting. But for me, it represents the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God, we are not we are not going out there to promote our denomination, our abomination, I mean our denomination. We're out there to pr promote the kingdom of God. It's not about me. It's not about the name of our ministry and building the name of some ministry. Um, it's about the kingdom of God. It's all about Jesus. And, um, and I've, we've been doing this now for 26 years. We've been traveling around. I think we've been in about 35 different countries. Um, and... We are just, I, I feel like the longer I'm, I do the ministry, the more I just become a spectator. I just watch. I go, I go ahead and I go, go along on these trips. And as I go on the trip, uh, I just stand and I watch what God does. And I'm really amazed at what God does through the, through the ministry that we, that we carry. Um, so we've been doing that for, for a while. In fact, in Armenia, we've been in Armenia now 10 years in a row. We've been going to Armenia, and it's been amazing just to see the transformation that happens. I've watched some of these, some young people that were 14 years old get healed, get saved, get delivered, get equipped, get mobilized, and get married, and have babies. And, and now I'm seeing the fruit of, of 10 years of ministry of working in Armenia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, so I'll read, you, I'll read you just a little message. Yeah. Um, so, okay. It's asking me if I want to join the, somebody's hotspot. <laughs> So this church is all about connecting. Eh? <laughs> uh, so it says, Hi Hilton, a miracle happened in our church yesterday. The pastor preached about our Heavenly Father and Christ. So, so let me just give you a bit of background before I read this, the rest of this. We've been ministering in, in a nation called Belarus. We've been there for about uh, six years that we've been going to Belarus. We send about two or three teams there a year. And... Um, Sometimes you, you do, you do, you know, you work in a country and you don't always see the impact of it immediately. And, um, and the interesting thing about the ex-Soviet countries, the ex-Soviet countries are pretty, 
even though even though communism is gone and and the Soviet Union is finished, uh, there's still very much a like a this control thing that goes on. And even in the churches, um, even in charismatic churches, in churches where people are born again, uh, there's still a heavy kind of control thing that happens. And uh, people really struggle under that. And when we come and we bring, we bring grace, a message of grace, we bring freedom. We, we are, um, one of the things that people always see and, and say about our teams is they say, you, you guys are always laughing. You're always having fun. What's up with that? You know, for the, for the churches in, in Russia, that's like unusual. Church is not a place of fun. Church, you go and it's serious. You do church, man. And um, so, so I, after five years of ministry, six years of ministry in Belarus, um, I received this message the other day. It says, it just says, a miracle happened in our church yesterday. The pastor preached about the love of our Heavenly Father and Christ, and that God did not come to punish, but to sh- save and show mercy. There was the, a strong presence of God. Your work of five years, is five, he says five years, five years is giving seed. Thank God. And then he, then he carries on here. Um, in our churches in Belarus, the context of sermons is that God is not happy with people, that punishments will come, and judgment for all of this is, will come. Therefore, people mostly walk around under guilt, and they cannot expect a miracle from God. And this is, this is what we deal with. This is where we go. The, you know, and it's, um, it's interesting. I love going to new churches, especially in the ex-Soviet countries, and just kind of bang, just kick the door down, man. Let's go in there and just break stuff open. Break, you, it's literally, I physically watch as people's faces begin to change. You can, it's, it's not something I imagine. When we minister and we see the grace of God come in and we see the presence of God come into meetings, it's people's physical faces start changing. You see life literally happening in front of your own eyes. Um, He says this, he says, we rejoice that our second pastor of the church, because, yeah, our second pastor of the church has recognized the gospel of grace. If he begins to affirm the message of grace, he will preach about it in every church, and people will be able to understand what, of who the Lord really is, who we are in Christ, and what He has for us. Thank God, and God bless you. And so, yeah. So it's, so, it's super exciting for us to be able to do the work that we're doing, um, and for me, the, the work that we do has two impacts. It's we're impacting lives and communities in, in nations far away, but we're also bringing, we're taking people with us from South Africa, and we take them and they come back, and they have an impact on their local communities and on their churches and on their families. They come back uh, radically changed, yeah, radically. And um, so it's exciting. I've, I just, I love what we do, um, and I... I don't know how else to live anymore. I, I only I live from one outreach to another. Uh, I just love going on outreach and seeing people's lives changed. Yeah, and then on top of that, I run. Uh, I'm also I'm not full time in the ministry. I run a a business. I have uh, we run a, a sports company, multi million rand sports company, and uh, I'm the current CEO of the company. So it's. Uh, it's super demanding. It's 11-hour-a-day work. And then on weekends, we do ministry. And evenings, we do ministry. And we, we're doing ministry in, on school campuses and university campuses. And 
so, yeah. So, <laughs> hallelujah. So, the thing for me about the ministry, and I touched on it last time that I was here, um, I honestly never thought, I, I'd never thought when I started in when I went to church, I never ever imagined myself as a missionary. And people meet me and they say, oh, so you're a missionary. And I'm like, eh, not really. I don't know. I don't feel like a missionary. I don't feel like, you know, uh, Steve said something to me yesterday. He said, so you do an apostolic ministry. So I said, I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't feel like that's what I'm doing. And the reason that I, that I say that is because I'm just, an, I'm just a guy who had an encounter with God. In, in the early 90s, because of Rodney Howard Brown, I just started getting so hungry for God and so desperate for God. And I was like, God, there's got to be more to church than me just coming here and sitting here. There's got to be something more to it. And I started to get so hungry and thirsty for God. And over a period of about two years, and I think you, were, you guys were still there, but over a period of about two years, I had multiple, multiple uh, encounters with the living God, just physical, spiritual, like, amazing encounters. We went on, uh, Steve mentioned this, the, the leaders camp that we went on, it, uh, it was a place called Linger Longer, and uh, we, d- we definitely lingered longer, and uh, we, we, had, we had the presence of God just come in these meetings, and our God touched me, healed me, of, it's interesting that, that Steve said that Janet got healed of depression in, those ta- in that time because I also got healed of depression. And um, my mother had died when I was 16, was killed in a car accident, and I'd never, ever been able to deal with that. And uh, landed up going to this leaders meeting and meeting and encountering the presence of God. And the presence of God was so, just so overwhelming. I fell on the floor, started weeping. Didn't know why I was even weeping. I remember saying to God, God, why am I on the floor? Why am I crying? What's going on here? You know, I don't want to be on the floor crying. And the Lord just said to me, just relax. He says, I'm just healing you. And that's kind of the way, you know, God speaks to me in a very conversational way. He says, just relax. Stay on the floor. He says, I'm just healing you of the death of your mother. And it was, it was like literally God healed me. So when I, and, and God set me free from so many things in my life and empowered me took my life from a place of, of brokenness, depression. Uh, and, and even as the, it, what was funny is that I'd been a believer, I'd been a Christian for many years, and yet I was struggling with depression. I was struggling with to, over, to get over the death of my mom. There were so many things that I was still so broken in, and yet here I was. I, I was a believer. I was born again. I was baptized. I was spirit-filled, and yet I was still struggling with these things. And it took these encounters with God just to, God went and like put me on the floor and just did open heart surgery on me, took my heart, took it out, fixed it, put it back inside. And over the two years, I don't, to be honest, I didn't really know what, everything that God did. The one thing, I, the one thing that did happen for me, and this is really what I want to share with you this morning is the one thing that really happened for me is that suddenly over this time, let me just tell you this. See, with Rodney Howard Brown, a lot of his meetings were characterized by people falling on the floor and laughing. I used to fall on the floor and I would never laugh. 
I would just fall on the floor and I would cry like a baby. And it was pathetic. I was like, God, I'm <laughs> what is going on? Why, can't I, why, why am I not laughing? And the Lord would just like say to me, listen, it's not you. It's me. Just, you just receive. <laughs> Don't worry about that. And, um, and so, so God took me through this process. And the one thing that kind of came out of it after, I thought I'm going to fall on the floor and God's going to touch me and I'm going to get up and I'm going to be so full of power. And so I'm just going to be God's man of power for the hour. I'm going to go around and there's going to be miracles and signs and wonders. And there were, yeah. The one thing that did happen is that definitely there was an increase in terms of the prophetic, but there wasn't really anything majorly that felt like it was changed in me. And I didn't realize it at the time, but slowly something started to shift inside of me. And I'd grown up in the Methodist church. All the Methodists, yeah, say amen. <laughs> I'd grown up in the Methodist church. I went to church uh, every Sunday. We, that's what we did as good Methodists. You go to church every Sunday. And um, I grew up in the church. I actually got saved in the Methodist church. Um, and yet, and, and I served God as, as a believer. I was born again. I knew I was born again. And I served God. But I served God like a slave. I did not, I realized that, the, that what I did as a, as a believer during those times, I loved God, I, I served God, but I didn't love Him. I really did. I was, I was faithful. Man, I'm telling you, I'll go to church, I'll pray, I'll worship, I'll read the Word, I'll do it all. But in all of that, in all of that serving, in all of that busyness, in all of that activity, I didn't love Him. I was afraid of Him. I served him, but I didn't love him. And over this two-year period of just encountering with God, encountering with God, I suddenly realized that, what, that I just woke up one day absolutely head over heels in love with this God that I had served for many, many years. I was completely in love. And by saying, that I, by saying I was in love, it wasn't, it wasn't like... Oh, I love you, God. Like, I was in love with him. I, would, I couldn't wait to be with him. I couldn't wait to hear his voice. It was like when Gigi and I were dating, and then I'd be like, sweetie, you hang up. And she'd be like, no, you hang up. And no, uh, you hang up. And, <laughs> and that's how I felt with God. And that was the most, for me, that's the most amazing, amazing experience that anybody can have. It's more than, you know, God is, a, is more than just, He's more than just a book. He's more than just somebody that we, we worship on a Sunday morning. He is an intimate, beautiful, kind lover. And I, and I feel like the message for the church in 2020, <laughs> the message for the church in 2020 and, and around the world right now is we need to be people who are encountering the love of God, not, not just reading about it, not just quoting scriptures, one, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, we can all quote 1 Corinthians 13, but we need to be people that are lovers of Jesus. I pray, ah, sure. I pray that we would become, in the, in, the, in the year 2020, that we would become a church of the Song of Solomon. 
I feel like that is the place that God is bringing his people to, to a place like the Song of Solomon, where it says, right in the opening start, it says, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for his love is better than wine. There is nothing, there is nothing in this world that compares. There's nothing that comes close to having an encounter with the love of God. It's an encounter with the love of God that changed me, that empowered me, that enabled me to go into the nations and share the love of God for 26 years. It's the love of God that drives me. There's a scripture in Corinthians that says, the love of God compels me. Do you know what it means to be compelled? Compelled means to be forced. I don't actually, I don't have a choice anymore. But I'm not, it's not that I don't have a choice because God's got my arm behind my back and I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm going, I'm going, leave me already. I'm going because I'm in love with Him. Because the love of God is the greatest driving force that you'll ever have in your life. And the love of God will force you to do things that you never imagined you would do. It'll force you into places like the book of Acts where you'll give away everything that you have. Ho! It'll set you free. The love of God will change you. The love of God will break you and empower you to such a point that you'll never be able to sit still again. I don't know when last you ever, ha, I don't know when last, shoo, ha, but I don't know when last you were overwhelmed by the love of God. Psalm 23, right at the end, it says, surely, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I want that. I want to live in that space. I want to live in the space where God's mercy and His goodness and His love is just continuously coming and coming and coming and coming towards me and over my life. I don't want to just... ah. See, I think it's such a tragedy that we could sit in church. We'll go, we can come and sit in church for 40 years. We'll sit in church. We'll stand and we'll sing songs. We'll sit and we'll listen to sermons. And we'll never encounter the love of God. It's a tragedy when we have that in the church. I want to live. I don't, you know, ho. You know, I said, like I said with my, about my wife earlier, 29 years later, man, I'm still in love. I'm still enjoying her. She still captivates my heart, and I feel the same about Jesus. He still captivates my heart. I've been serving God and loving God, and He's been loving me for over 35 years, and I am not tired of Him, and He's not tired of me, and He's not giving up on me, and He's still taking me forward, and we're still having fun together, and I'm full of joy, and I'm loving life because of Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't, want to, I, I don't want to get to where I'm sitting in church one day and I'm like, yes, well, young man, you don't understand. You haven't been a believer as long as I've been a believer. You don't know 
you know, I don't want to get to the end of my life and look like I've been chewed up and spat out. I want to get to the end of my life full of life, full of power, full of joy, full of love. Oh, that it just flows out of me, that it drips off my fingertips, that it flows out of my words, out of my eyes, that people just look at you. I got, oh, and I, I got into a lift the other day in Port Elizabeth in a hotel. I got into a hotel lift, and there were two ladies that got in the lift with me. And I did nothing. I didn't tell them about Jesus. I wasn't holding a big Bible under my arm. I got in the lift and I looked at them. That's all I did. I just looked at them. And they, I mean, I was shocked. Because they went like, they just, whoa. They, back, they just jumped backwards into the corner. like, And they said, what is, whoa, what are you doing? So I said, I'm doing nothing. I'm just standing here. So they said, what is it? What, what are you doing? Why are you like looking at us? There's something, something around you. And I just said, I don't know what else to say. So I said, well, it's the love of Jesus. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. And they were like, oh, okay. Like that explained everything. And <laughs> but I was shocked. Um. So, so I'd, I really want to just encourage you guys as a church. Let the Father kiss you. Let God kiss you with the kisses of His mouth. Yet the one thing I want to say is that we have become, many times as Christians, we've become, we are good at giving to God. We are so good at loving God. Loving God. Listen to this. We are so good at loving God. We come to church. We sing to Him. Lord, I pray. I read the Bible. I'm good at loving. I talk to Him. They talk to Him. People even talk to God. But we are so unfamiliar with being loved by Him. We are so good at giving towards Him, but we are not good at receiving from Him. We are, we've, we've become so professional giving to God. God, I pray. Talk. You see, for me, prayer is talking to God. Prayer is when we talk to God. But in our praying, we should also be allowing God to talk back to us. And in anything we do, even in our church services, let's make time where we let God just kiss us. Make those times. I felt the Lord kissing me this morning. I really felt it in the worship this morning. I felt God kissing me. It was, it, was, it, it was hard. Steve says we sang ourselves into a trance. I was ready to step over, man. I was ready to just go over there and not come back. <laughs> I was ready. Because his love is better than wine. What you need for your family is for you to have an encounter with the love of God. What you need for your community is to have an encounter with the love of God. Regular. And it's not a you so and this is this is the this is the Christmas message. That that the Christmas message is not God came and he sent his only son to come and be in a baby a little manger and come and grow up and be crucified on a cross. That's not the only Christmas message. The Christmas message is this that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
But He now, even now, is still loving His church. He is still giving to the world. He is still loving the world. He has not done it once. It's not just, yes, it's a once-off deal in terms of Jesus dying on the cross. But the work didn't stop there. He is pursuing you. He is loving you. He is loving the world. He's pursuing the world. Do you know that he's pursuing right now? God is pursuing with his love. He's pursuing the unsaved. He's pursuing the church. Because that's his nature. Because he's a lover, he's a pursuer. He loves it. He can't stop. He can't help himself. He gets up in the morning and his, his supreme motivation, the motivation for everything that God does is love. He gets up in the morning and he says, oh, I can't wait to go and love people today because God is in the people loving business. He's in the people loving business. That's God's business. Some people build houses. Some people run businesses. Some people do all kinds of things, but God's business is people. No one can fix people like he can. No one. Nobody. There's no... ah, (laughs) Husbands, you can't fix your wives like Jesus can. (laughs) Wives, this is... This is quite a revelation. <laughs> but you can't fix your husband like Jesus can. Okay. If you want to see your husband changed, if you want to see your, your wife changed, if you want to see your children changed, if you want to see your community changed, have an encounter with the love of God and let them experience the love of God in you and through you. Let's become ho, let's become show, let's be ha. <laughs> let's become carriers, vessels. There's a glass here. Pastor, don't you want to just help me hold the glass, please? I should have used the cordless mic, eh? I mean the the one in my ear. So the, the, the thing for me, and this is a simple, very simple demonstration, but the thing for me is, as the church, what are we full of? <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> what are we full of? I was going to say something else, but I, see, I go to a lot of churches. I visit a lot of churches. I've been in many, many different churches. And when I go into the churches, they, they're full of a lot of things. Just I'm not so sure if they're full of Jesus. And um, you, walk, you walk into the church and it looks like you've arrived at someone's funeral. And I'm like, has Jesus died again? <laughs> so the, the issue for me is, as the church and as individuals, we need to be full. We need to be full of the love of God. It's when you're full of the love of God. An empty glass. It's Terry, eh? Terry. So Terry, an empty glass. If you're a thirsty man, how useful to you is an empty glass with no water in it? 
useless. Pretty useless, yeah. And so God wants us to be people that are full, that are full of His love. And this is not full, by the way. But that we have the love of God poured out in us so that we can become refreshing to the world around us. It's the world, just in case you didn't know, maybe you've been going to church a lot and you come here and you're not really aware of what's happening in the world. But I just want to tell you right now, if you walk outside, I guarantee you right now, outside, the world is thirsty and the world is starving for the love of God. They are starving for it. They don't even know it. They're so thirsty. They're so dry. They've forgotten. They don't even know what they need. But we know that they need the love of God. And this is the answer. You are the, are the vessel, but the substance, the substance is the answer. It's the love of God that changes you. Amen? You understand? And God wants us to be people that are full of His love. So, He wants us to be so full that everywhere we go, we carry the love of God inside of us. And when we bump into people, when we meet people, it, it flows out of us. It flows out of us. You touch me. You, you meet me. You see me. You talk to me. You'll see the love of God. And this is God's desire for all of us, that we become the love of God so that everywhere we go, we can impart the substance to the world around us. Amen? We need to be people that impart the substance of who God is. Amen. What's your name? Trevor. Trevor. God, I just feel just as a prophetic word for you that God has called you to to stand out and that you were never meant to blend in. You were never meant to just... To, <laughs> and God has given you a different spirit. And I see a radical, there's a radical, I see a radical fire brand for God burning inside of you. And I just feel like so many times you've, you've been like a pot that's had to have the lid put back on. And the lid gets put back on. And the lid gets put back on. Well, today, I pray that the lid will come off and you'll be totally derailed in the things of God, and that the love of God would just be poured over you, that you'd never be the same again, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I see... <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um... I really see you being an influence for young people. You need to start being an influence to young people. It's what God has called you for. You need to just, I see you bringing young people, young men, just being radical with them, encouraging them, stirring them up. There's, a, there's an impartation of faith that God wants you to impart to them. Um, to, to almost like broaden the horizons, break them through into, into real like life. Um, I feel like God wants to use you for that. Amen. Ha, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the sun kiss you this morning. Let the sun kiss you. I spoke about this in Armenia. I'm telling you, people got up and left. They left the church because they were, that we can deal with a lot of things. You can rather teach us from the book of Revelation, but don't 
Tell us that you want God and us to kiss. Don't tell me to kiss God. The next generation that will make the difference on this earth, the church generation that will make the difference on this earth will be the lovers of God. Not religious, not holy, not like, but lovers, true lovers. Some of you need to go, ha, sure. Some of you, ho, you need to go, ha. Some of you need to learn how to be a ho, romantic with Jesus. You need to be romantic with Jesus. This might blow your mind, but God wants to actually date you. He doesn't want to marry you, just marry you. He doesn't want to get to heaven. And, and he's like, hmm, who are you exactly? I feel like earth is, is where we date. We're dating. I'm busy dating Jesus because we're going to have a wedding soon. And I'm going to be... I'm going to be a bride that's so ready to be loved by him. So ready to be filled. Oh, listen. And I'll, and I'll really end with this. You know, I'll really end with this. this the, a, a good preacher has three endings. Um, but intimacy produces fruitfulness. Nothing else. And if the church wants fruitfulness, it's time for us to be intimate. It's time for us to be, to be head over heels in love with God. To fall in love with Jesus. Because out of love comes fruitfulness. I didn't, we have two children. My children are, are grown up already. But I promise you, I did not just send my wife an email and she's... Send me a reply saying, congrats, honey, you're pregnant. We're pregnant. Uh, and I'm, maybe I'm speaking in a very crude way, or maybe for you, it's, this is foreign for you. But I want to tell you that intimacy is what produces fruitfulness. Intimacy with the love of God is what will make us fruitful. And it's, and it's that intimacy that will sustain you for the rest of your life. This morning I just felt, and, and before I even came to this church, I felt the Lord just saying to me that there are people in this church that have really, you feel so broken. When I was speaking earlier and I, and you were, and I was talking about how I was a Christian and yet I struggled with depression and I struggled to get over the death of my mother, there are people just like that sitting here this morning. You have never been able to come to terms with certain things that have happened in your life. Tragedies, drama, situations. And you love God. You're still serving God. You still come to church. But you're here this morning. And you still feel broken. Right now, there's people sitting here. I, I speak by the Spirit of God. But there are people here this morning. You've been struggling with depression. And you've been struggling with fear. Like an irrational Fear. You really just struggle with fear continuously. It's like a never-ending story in your life. It's just fear. Fear in the morning, fear at night, fear of leaving your car, fear of leaving your home, fear of leaving your family, fear of all kinds of fears. And the Bible says, perfect love. Ho! Oh, 
perfect love casts out all fear. And this morning, I want to make an invitation to people here. I want to make an invitation to every single person here this morning. It's Christmas. And this morning, I feel the Lord standing here in front of you. Not you in front of the Lord, but Him standing in front of you this morning, saying, come to me and let me kiss you with the kisses of my mouth. And out of that intimacy, fear will be broken. Every heaviness will be broken. Those things that you've struggled with for so long will be suddenly just lifted off you like a thousand tons of pressure coming off your shoulders. I really, you know, in His presence, the Bible says in His presence is fullness of joy. But in His presence is love, is healing, is freedom, is life, is peace. Can I have somebody, and I just feel to do this, and I felt to do this. I want to make an invitation for those people here. I want to make an invitation actually for everybody this morning. And you don't have to, you don't have to necessarily come to the front, but I'm going to make an invitation for you to come to the front. And I want you to come and let the sun kiss you this morning. Just for a few moments, let Father God, let heaven kiss you and love you this morning. Not you loving him. You don't have to do anything this morning. You don't have to. Don't just All you have to do is say, Lord, kiss me this morning. Kiss me with the kisses of your mouth. And I want to invite, if uh, there's, I think there's communion still, but I want to invite you. Communion is a visible, physical, touchable manifestation of the love of God. You can go and have communion. If you want to come up and have communion, I feel like it will be a, it'll be a breakthrough for people this morning if you'll come up and take communion. But I also just want to invite you just to come and just come and receive from the Lord this morning. Can you do that? Can you do that? This morning, just come and receive. And we'll let the worship team just sing over you, sing a love song over you this morning. Let the, let the Father just love on you this morning. Come and receive His love this morning. Come and receive His love. He has never rejected you. He'll never give up on you. He'll never forsake you. He'll keep pursuing you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Come and receive. Come and receive. Come and receive. Let Him kiss me with the kisses of His mouth. Let him kiss me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for every single person in this place. I thank you, Father, that you, your greatest desire is to show your love, to reveal your love to your people. Father, that you truly are the lover of our souls. That you love every part of us, Lord. You love the good, the bad, and the ugly, Lord. You love us, Lord. Thank you that even when we fail, Lord, you keep kissing us. This morning, just receive His love. Let wave upon wave upon wave of His love just wash over you. Just for a few moments. It's probably the most important thing you can do is just receive His love.
receive this morning. Receive.